6: You're listening to Newsnight here on Joy, 99.7 FM. We're on a number of affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. And tonight, um, I'm sure you've been hearing um, the news from Parliament just coming in. Uh, the proper sexual, family and human rights bill uh, 2021 has been passed. And already there have been reactions uh, pouring in thick and fast, all on social media. And the talk everywhere is about this anti-gay bill. And a coalition of 18 civil society groups have already threatened to head to the Supreme Court. Should President Ekofado ask sent to this particular bill, which has been passed. The bill was passed by Parliament moments ago, criminalizing the activities of LGBTQI plus community and prescribes a three-year jail term for engaging in the act and a five-year jail term for promoting uh, LGBTQI conversations. But the Big 18, as they call themselves, have kicked against the bill, arguing it infringes on Ghana's diverse cultural and religious landscape. We'll get to hear from them, but first Let me take you to Parliament and let's uh, take a look at how it all unfolded. It's been on from 2021. Today, there were some concerns that were raised, but really, it got passed. Kweku Asante is our Parliamentary Affairs correspondent. Kweku, walk us through how it all happened or how it went down today.
7: Well, so MFI is taking some weeks in coming because the House originally has concluded the consideration stage. And so all that was left was the third reading, but every time the of parliament was ready to put the question there were issues. Either the sponsors themselves wanted to propose some amendments or the majority leader, Alexander Fregamakin, wanted to propose some amendments. The first time he proposed fourteen amendments. All fourteen amendments were defeated by the House. In fact, at some point he had to withdraw
6: some of them and then Oliver. Do I have you quickly? Yes. Great. So you know that there were some um, concerns also that were raised um, earlier by uh, the Majority Leader, Alexander Fenyomarking earlier before the passage. What really were the concerns?
7: Well, according to Alexander Fenyomarking if you look at some of the amendments that the voters themselves were proposing to the bill this morning, it appears to him that there's still a number of work that has to be done around the work. And so he was seeking the leave of the Speaker. To so, delay the passage of the bill to some point and then propose some further amendments. Listen to him.
6: Well, well, we'll get to hear uh, from Alexander Athenio Marking on this um, shortly. But Kwekudo, though, um, the issues about reactions. Uh, at least we've been hearing from Emmanuel Kwesi Bedra uh, a while ago on Top Story. But really, uh, what's been uh, the reaction so far? Have we heard first from the proponents of this bill, especially Sam George himself?
7: Well, yes, Sam George has spoken. He says he expects that President Akufo. Will immediately sign this bill into law. A number of minority MPs already expressing their excitement about this and expecting that President Ekufoado will sign it into law. But now it is up to the president to do so. We haven't heard from the majority side yet. We haven't heard from Alexa Nathaniel Markin, who is the majority leader, as to whether or not he intends to take any other further action. But the reactions that have come in shortly after this bill has been passed are normally those of the minority MPs who are excited looking forward or expecting that President Coofer will sign this
6: into law. Okay, that's our Parliamentary Affairs our Correspondent Kwe Kwasante there giving us an update on how it all went down earlier today leading um, to the passage of this uh, particular bill. We've been at it from 2021. A lot of back and forth and public engagement leading uh, to where we are today but already there are some concerns about it I'm hoping that uh, the President will assent it but we've been hearing from some 18 civil society groups. They are threatening uh, to head to the Supreme Court should President Kufwadu was sent to it. We can hear from Professor Audrey Gajekbo, he's board chair of the Ghana Centre for Democratic Development, CDD Ghana.
8: I pointed that, you know, with all of the opportunities we've had since 2021, when this bill was proposed, our parliamentarians didn't see good reason to decide that this is not a bill that belongs in a democracy. Mm. It's an obnoxious bill. It's kind of like criminal libel which the the colonialists introduced, and we retained it, and it was used improperly against people, including journalists. We will come to find that this is like that. And let's hope that a right-thinking government will come into power and repeal the bill.
9: So what is next for the coalition? Eighteen of you, what is next for you? Now that Parliament has taken its decision, now it is just one step away from becoming a law, but from your position, what more are you willing to do to to, to, to ensure that it it, it does not see the light of day?
8: We're going to continue our advocacy um, and continue to repeat, like a broken record, but worth repeating, Mm -hmm. why this bill is harmful to our country's democracy and our country's development. Mm. Okay. And we hope that the president will listen so we will make representation to the president not to assent to the bill mm-hmm. if that fails because you see I personally believe that this bill's um, proposal through enactment even the argumentation mm-hmm. has very little to do with wanting to safeguard Ghanaian family values because that the Present danger, that, that which endangers our family values were never addressed in this bill. This bill was just narrowly targeted at minorities because they know that a majority of people don't agree to uh, uh, sexuality that is not binary, mm-hmm. okay? But the fact that a majority of people don't agree to uh, the, a minority position doesn't make the majority right. It's, it's such a fundamental principle of democracy. That is why there are so many provisions in democratic constitutions that protect minorities mm. and minority views and minor, minority rights. But unfortunately, it fell on deaf ears. Yes. Okay? So we have to do the next best thing first, to appeal to the president. Mm. And if that fails, mm-hmm. to be sure to prepare ourselves to go to court on the provisions that we think fly against the letter and the spirit of the
6: so that's uh, Professor Audrey Gajekpo there. He, she was in the studios during the polls with Elton Brobe uh, when the news just came in from Parliament that the anti-gay bill had been passed. Well, there's, there's a, a gentleman that was on my mind when our correspondent actually posted on our page that the anti-gay bill has been passed. He's the Executive Secretary of the National Coalition for Proper Human Sexual Rights and Family Values. Lawyer for Moses we are grateful for your time here on Newsnight. So uh, is it the case of Atlanta, The struggle is over, you must be a happy man, aren't you?
10: Well, thank you. You didn't show up for my 60th birthday, and because you didn't, I am going to continue the celebration the whole year until I see your Christian face. I'll
6: definitely come for that 60th birthday celebration. Happy belated birthday! Great, lovely. Well, so I'm asking um, how happy you are. Were you expecting this to happen this soon? I know the struggle has been on from 2021, but were you surprised that it happened today?
10: Well, we knew it was going to be difficult, but we knew that the Lord was with us. But, you know, let me say, the people are. are you happy, are you excited? Mm-hmm. The thing is, my dear, laws. There's so many laws in this country that have been passed in respect of accidents and traffic. Look at the number of people who die every day on our own. So it's not the law, you know. We'll come to whether the president will accent or not. So it's not the passage of the law. For us a coalition, we have been very much into bring help, treatment and support to those who need it. And and to my good friend uh, I think we better tell Ghanaians whether she's a lesbian or not. You see, this business that will run in
6: sexual... Mr. 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 Mwen, Mr. Moses Fuamwini, that, that's, that's rather... That, no, Mr. Mr. That's rather a personal attack. She's raised concerns It's 18, 18 civil society groups. Why single her out and ask her that kind of question? I, I think that's unfair. That's an unfair question. Um, hello? Yes, Mr. Muini. Let me make the point. I'm saying that you see... You can make the point without being personal, sir.
10: I'm not personalizing because she, she keeps on pretending that she's speaking for LGBT people. She is not. I'm trying to make you see that over the last 13 years, I have spent my hard-earned money and that of the pet to cater for over 400 people who are suffering from this business of LGBT propaganda. Do you know, you know when she keeps on saying, that it's a minority people. Minority right to do what? To do what? You see, because the law follows the facts. What kind of rights is he claiming a minority right? And I've said this on your station, that this business of minority rights, civil rights, computer rights, is always a false, uh, you know, uh, herring being thrown at us. And the whole basis for this falsehood was a campaign strategy written for the LGBT movement by Paul Rondeau. You can Google for his name, because they went to him, the American LGBT movement went to him and asked, how can we have America accept LGBT activities? And he said, look, and I'm quoting from the book, After the Ball, go and read it. It says that because what we do and the consequences of it are so repulsive, let us not focus on what we do and the consequences, but focus on minority rights, human rights, democracy. That's the argument they're always throwing out. Mm. So I'm saying you, the journalists, don't buy into it. That's a lie. She, she says they're going to court. Well, we're going to meet them in court. So to answer your question directly, is that we are waiting for her in court. To answer your question directly, after coalition, they are not excited by any law. The real issue Is to bring healing and support for those who really need it. Mm. And trust me, my dear, I'll give you just one example for you to see what is happening in Ghana now. Go. We are working in Cape Coast on the business from Cape Coast, Marie, Elmina, all the way to even Winneba. My dear, youth as young as nine years. What happens is that they go, uh, they they put them together. A lot of them are not out of school. They don't have parents. They put them together. They open their anus and put, in Portuguese, in I, I'm speaking Fanti now. No. They, they mm-hmm. put the bottle into their anus to see whether or not, whether there's things in there. And then they prepare these children for people to sort them out. So you, when you sit on radio and you call a press conference and you polish it up and say, oh, minority group, minority group to do what? That's what Ghanaians to be asking her and all those people who say that, oh, these are minority people. It is against democracy. That is a false herring and we shouldn't buy into it. So yeah. for us, we're dealing with these people. We've helped them. We spend money to make sure that we guide them away from this behavior, which the CDC, the Center for Demo- uh, Disease Control in America, have ruled as a health uh, hazard. So my dear, we are not excited. We thank God that the bill has been passed. We hope that the president will sign it. But we. But are that's really what I was
6: coming to. Are you hopeful that are you, are you hopeful that this particular bill or this law that has been passed will actually get uh, that kind of assent uh, from Parliament to it, or the president to make it a law? Uh, you, you, can I? Can you ask a question? Again? I, I'm asking if you're hopeful of a presidential assent to this particular.
10: So I think the president is a very smart politician. I don't think he's going to buy into this false argument about democracy and human rights and all of that. In any case, uh, uh, you know, uh, the human rights uh, are subject under Article 12 to the rights of other citizens and also public order and public morality and, and public health. It's all there under Article 12, too, and you can see it. Uh, and, you know, go and read Article 17 of the Constitution. It makes uh, prevents discrimination in terms of sex, gender, what's uh, called religion. It never talks about sexual orientation. I heard, uh, you know, uh, that the, the, you know, the, the statement that was published. They're trying to interpret gender to mean transgender. Well, that is a question of interpretation for the constitutional uh, the court, which is the supreme court. And we're already there, you know. Okay. But these matters will be decided. But I, the, in the Ghanaian constitution, you would see nowhere that there's a right in respect of sexual orientation. This is the aspect, the physiology that all international LGBT rights movement you and throw around. So this human rights argument, my dear, let us push it somewhere. It has nothing to do with human rights at all because human beings, and let me ask you a very simple question. Have you seen, is it normal for, is the anus the orifice for sex?
6: I can answer that, Mr. Moses-Famwini. But really, um, the, the issue about the attention... That, Mr. Amwini, Mr. the issue about the attention that we're already getting when it comes to uh, this particular passage of the bill in Parliament. Already, just before I came on, we've been watching uh, the international media. They've started talking about it. Are, we not, concerned, are we not concerned at all about why the publicity we, uh, that we may be getting we, in the negative we, light we, for this?
10: Why should, we, why should we be concerned? Are we in a colonial era? Okay. I'm surprised you are... A, very powerful, strong advocate for uh, uh, you know the rights of a sovereign country like Ghana. You know, didn't see Other international media, most of them are LGBT people anyway. With the quest. I can name them. Uh, all the hosts of them. They are all. The right, I, you say I should be i I'll them. let
6: you. I'll let you. i let you go now, Mr Moses Family. Thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Newsnight, and uh, we've been getting reactions um, to uh, this particular um, story that's just coming in uh, from Parliament and the anti-gay bill. That's um, the proper human sexual values. That's the proper sexual rights and family values bill. Twenty twenty-one is being passed by Parliament, and already we've been getting reactions. According of 18 civil society groups they are threatening to head to the Supreme Court uh, show the President uh, Kufwadu assent uh, to this particular bill and we've been hearing from Moses when he's a Executive Secretary of the National Coalition for Proper Human Sexual Rights and Family Values and the reactions uh, will continue but it's time to get into the election headquarters here on Newsnight your election headquarters is made possible by Soul. your clean fall in full quantity. And tonight, as the NDC Council of Elders and National Executive Committee prepare to deliberate on John Mahama's choice for running mate, a highly placed source has confirmed to join us the NDC presidential candidate who will nominate Professor Nana J. to partner him. The former UCC vice chancellor partnered the former president in the 2020 election. The decision of the two bodies will bring finality to the... Ch- Waiting on a tax
3: return?
6: choice of the running mate at a meeting scheduled for march 7th that's next week now this has opened the door for lobbying by persons interested in the job we can hear from deputy general secretary of the party mustafa Bande. he tells my colleague elton brobe they are ready to listen to those who have been penciled for the job well voting and
11: processes of voting at meetings has always been part of the ndc's custom as far as meetings are concerned if it becomes necessary at any level of the party either at the level of council of elders or at the level of the national executive, committee, uh, national executive committee that a vote should be cast in order to arrive at a decision. That process will surely be tabled by the general secretary and the national chairman and it will be done.
9: Uh, that, that, that doesn't this put so much pressure on the flag George uh, John Muhammad, Mahama, knowing very well that with this announcement out, those who are very interested, interested in partnering him will scale up their lobbying skills.
11: Why, why don't you see that it's an opportunity for other people to lobby with the executives for that opportunity for the that same, slot the same way Yes. Yeah, so yes it's a season if you want to be a flag bearer you go around and campaign applies to running mate so a lot of people are interested this is our season we will be consulted they have to call us and speak to us so that we arrive at the best choice so the choice would be the interest
9: of the party now that you are opening yourself up for people yeah. to lobby you to be considered for the position of running mate? Are you not encouraging what we have come to accept as monetization of our electoral process, where people pay money to be elected as parliamentary candidates? Is this not just another opportunity for people to exploit it to their own advantage?
11: But who told you that when you are lobbying somebody, you carry money along to go and lobby, lobby the people?
9: It's become normal with, with, with the kind of politics we practice well, in, in this country.
11: No, in NDC, you lobby, you speak to individuals, you sell your visions. You have to carry your CV in your back. Because when you were schooling, it is not everyone that was there.
6: That's the Deputy General Secretary of the NDC, Mustafa Gwande. Well, a Parliamentary Affairs correspondent Kweku Asante has been digging, especially on the corridors of Parliament, and especially on the side of the minority, as well as in the NDC as well. So, Kweku, uh, what have you been told exactly about the name the former president has nominated um, that has been submitted to the party?
7: Well, so, MFR, a very highly pleased so Oh,
6: dear. Kweku? Kweku have to reposition himself and uh, we'll get to hear uh, from Kweku just when he was coming to give us uh, the meat, the, all the juice in there. Uh, we just lost him, but we'll get um, Kweku um, shortly. But he's been interacting with some MPs uh, on this, on what their ideal choice will be uh, when it comes to the running mate. Listen.
12: I think all the names you have mentioned are more capable than Dr. Baumia. But I really don't think that it will make any sense you know, changing the running mate we use in the 2020 elections, it is very clear that there was some impact being made, you know, by the running mateship of, you know, Prof. Nana Jinguensa. And it wouldn't make any political sense for us to attempt to even do so. So I really don't think that there will be any changes. I'll be shocked if there is any changes. And the only way there could be a change is if Prof. Nana herself says she's no longer willing to contest, but as long as she's willing to contest, I think that there couldn't be any viable team, you know, or nominee for the purposes of winning the twenty twenty four elections
7: Honorable.
13: than
12: Providence Nana
7: People have said that Honorable Nana J did not pull any numbers. How did
12: they in the come? 20, how did they? How did, 20, how did they? How did, the they how, how, how did they come to that conclusion? Because
13: they look at the NDC results. Please, please, in central this region.
12: idea of not pulling any numbers in Central Region, it is not, you know. The, the fact that Prof. Nana was chosen by President Mahama just only to win the elections based on how she performs in the center. Region. I can tell you that her running midship impacted positively in the outcome of the 2020 election. We are very convinced we won the elections. We are, up. We are very, very convinced about that. So it would not make any sense changing any candidate for the position of a running mate than her. In fact, the
13: truth be told, i am a gender activist i believe in i'm very sensitive when it comes to gender and for me the lady or our mother nana jane did marvelously well with jm having partnered jm she went round side by side jm doing her campaign in different locations accompanied by our able Honorable Ablaqua and a team, while JM was at a different direction. I remember even my consuancy. She came and she came through Bole Bamboy to lift my hand before later His Excellency JDM also came. And she pulled the crowd that we needed. Hmm. It is time we have a lady coming up into this nation politics. And we don't need to just have a face once and retire the person. For me, in person, if I'm giving the nod, she's a perfect choice. She has to continue.
6: That's uh, views from Parliament. And uh, Kwaku, just when you were telling me about what your highly placed source within the party has told you, I lost you. So tell us.
7: Yes, MFA, so we heard that Ibrahim Muthala Muhammad, is MP for Tamale Central and Member of Parliament for Kintampo Honorable Joseph Kuma. So I'm telling you about what they saw, who is going to be involved in this meeting, I've been telling me. As far as they are concerned, the former president has taken a lot of time to try and consult, to try and firm up the names. We know that prior to the, pres- the former president asking the party to meet, to firm up his, pre- his, his decision, a lot of names have been floated. Of course, Anna James being a key part of it, but also names like um, the former Kumasi mayor, uh, one person who actually contested, John Mahama for the post, Julius Zebra, for instance, name, had also come up. And so a number of games have come up, and the former president has been taking some time to come around the table and get his 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 his, his, his choice right, I, I should say. And eventually, he has settled on top of Nana and he expects that he will meet the National Council of Elders of his party, the National Executive Committee, and make the justification for why Nana jane should retain as his running mate going into the 2024 election. And as far as this person who is giving him this information is concerned. So many members of these bodies have already acquiesced and they are backing John Mahama on this one.
6: Okay, that's a uh, parliamentary first correspondent, uh, Kwikwa Sante. They are picking up information about a highly placed source that mentions that uh, Professor Nana Jane Npokuadjiman is likely to still partner um, John Dramani Mahama. He gave a February deadline, and we're just a day away from the end of February. And that list we are told or names have been submitted uh, to the party, and the National Executive Committee of the party will meet on March seven, and the same day the Council of Elders will also meet uh, to deliberate on this uh, particular or the. Name names that have been put out or submitted to the party by John Dramani Mahama. Oh, stay a while longer in the election headquarters, made possible by petrol. Saw Your Clean Fall in full quantity. This time, off to the camp of the NPP and flag bearer of the governing NPP, Dr. Mahmoud Balmia, has described the campaign messages so far by the opposition NDC as dead on arrival. Dr. Balmia, who was speaking at the inauguration of his campaign team, cited the NDC's promise to equip all public, tertiary, and secondary institutions with Wi Fi zones for educational purposes. According to him, the NPP government has already implemented it. He further indicated that the NDC has a very blurred vision about policies and clueless on the direction they will take the country if elected. Next
14: month, the performance tracker. Our record is solid uh, and, and it is there for everybody to see. Our vision has been clearly laid out and it will be reinforced by the manifesto. We know where we want to take the country. It's very clearly laid out vision. Our opponents have a very blurred vision, that they they really don't know where they want to take us. They are announcing promises of things that we have already done. Do you hear that they want to do free Wi-Fi in senior high school? Can someone tell them that it has already been done? I mean, just whisper. A little research, they would have known. But they are promising things we have already done. It tells you that they are running out of ideas. When you start copying ideas of your opponent and trying to present them as yours, uh, it tells you they are running out of ideas. So in terms of the vision and the ideas, we have the vision and we have the ideas, new ideas, and we are trying to, to implement them.
6: And the question remains, which um, senior high schools have these Wi-Fi services? And we've been tracking and we'll be giving you details of that. But Dr. Baumia also insists that the NPP has an unbeatable track record to warrant it a continuous stay in office.
8: I can't see one
14: sector where they have outperformed us. But every single sector, whether you're talking about jobs, whether you're talking about roads, whether you're talking about hospitals, whether you're talking about schools, across... Across every... Si- it's amazing that you're going to for a contest with your opponent to get to be promoted to the next level or what. And meanwhile, when you start the exam, you beat them in every single subject. <laughs> meanwhile, they are trying to convince the public that they are better than you. What sort of mathematics is that? I mean, real. You score 70%, they score 30%. And they are trying to say their 30% is better than you. It doesn't make sense. So in terms of the record, we are our record is superior, and we are going to put it out for public scrutiny, as the President mentioned in the performance tracker.
6: Well, as part of our fact-checking, if you're listening here live on Joy 99.7 FM, you can send me a WhatsApp message. It's 55 11 11 If you know any senior high schools that has a functional Wi-Fi that has been provided under this particular government, you let us know as part of our fact-checking and tracking uh, Manifesto promises, and then we can visit those schools and then bring that to you. But my colleague, Samuel Mbura, was at the inauguration of the campaign and manifesto teams of the party ahead of the elections. He joins me on the line uh, with details of what we are learning. Imura. you managed to get an interview, as always, with the chairman of the manifesto committee and a former majority leader, Sechi Mensa What did he specifically say about who partners Dr. Balmia's running mates?
7: We know John Mahama has presented his nominees to the higher decision making body of the MDC, and that will be determined on the 7th of uh, March. But Mr. Osei, the members also said they are not actually prepared about what is happening in the NDC. They are not in a competition with the NDC to select a running mate. He says they will not force any candidate on Baumia because he is intelligent and capable of uh, selecting
1: the right person to partner him. Not, we are not in competition with the, the NDC. <laughs> no. But how
4: soon would that come out? They
1: burden your... the presidential candidate. Right, I've kept saying that uh, nobody should attempt in any manner to force anybody on the presidential candidate. He is intelligent, he's analytical and he's broad-minded and he's been very consultative in whatever he's been doing. Let's leave it with him. Nobody forced anybody on Adubahi when he led this party. Nobody forced anybody on President Kufuor. Nobody forced anybody on uh, the current president. So why should anybody be making any attempt to ask it where force anybody on the presidential candidate? Let us leave it with him. The buck stops with him. Of course, when he has done so, he will need to consult the National Council. and I know he will do the best for the country.
6: Well, thankfully, you've also been interacting with the chairman of the campaign team, uh, Mr. Danbuche. He appears optimistic about the party's chances of winning the elections. What's convincing him? Exactly,
7: okay, MFR. He says that the NDC is not bringing anything new, as indicated by Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. He says uh, breaking the AIDS will actually not be a killing tax for them because the track record is there to refer. I'm not sure
4: you have been hit by anything for President Mahmoud or NDC. Anything new. Anything new. Tell me. Not, not, do the analysis.
10: <inaudible>
4: ha, eight years. Eight years. You have been in power. You have been rejected. You had eight years with a whole team. To come out and tell Ghanaians something different something new that they should give you back the power eight years and you are mentioning 24-hour economy please this is what Ghanaians are going to we are going to analyze we are going to that environment we go to the playful i mean uh, uh, playful and we're all going to play there we are very prepared we have always known campaign for the next elections begins a day after the previous one we are going to sell our Ghanaians and package our message about what we have done and what we have been able to do and the reason why we should continue to, I mean, to save Ghana and that is why we are very confident that our record will speak for itself. Our message will speak to Ghanaians. We are going to persuade Ghanaians that ours is service. Give us the chance once again to serve and serve you more. That is the message.
6: And that's uh, the chairman of uh, the campaign team of the NPP Dan Kweku Boche taking us out of the election headquarters made possible by Petrol Petrosol. Your clean in full quantity, Petrol Petrosol is always a delightful experience. Some of your messages you've been sending in, we've been asking about the schools that have functional uh, Wi-Fi that has been provided. Some of you have been sending me messages about this and I see a uh, Ghana National College I'm told in Cape Coast has one. There's one also that says the Wi-Fi may be in the schools but has not been recharged. There's no data um, we are told. And okay so but he didn't mention which school in particular, uh, but I'll check on that and our team uh, researchers, they are also checking and then uh, they will bring us all the facts that we need to know. You've been also commenting on the stories you've heard so far. I'll be going through um, some of them. Maybe we should read a few messages before I bring in George and Musa Abatwa in Asawase has sent me one. It says the big 18 or whatever they call themselves have liberty to go to court, but that doesn't mean they are right. I hope the Supreme Court will protect our cultural and values as well as uh, the law of the land if LGBTQ activity he's considered democracy then this democracy is useless and he asked the hashtag news night and uh, this one says MFA it's true Baumier's record is very solid the perpetual damage caused by investment or haircut is very permanent and we will never forget Michelle from or Michael uh, from Legon sent that one in and Wolanyo Inakwetia sent me one he also says the anti LGBTQ plus bill has been passed and kudos to members of parliament for such boldness to make the bill go through. We are Ghanaians and our culture must be respected to the fullest. I can attest to it that St. Rose's is using the Wi-Fi, uh, he says, and Dr. Baomiya has just talked about. That's a Wolanyo in Nakwitiya. This is live fact-checking and you're giving us all the details that we need to know when it comes to uh, the implementation of Wi-Fi in senior high schools. Maybe I'll take one from Jonas Tinkra. says, Dr. Baomia keeps annoying many level-headed Ghanaians with unver- verifiable track records. Need we remind the VIP? Intentions, if not um, implemented, remain as unimportant as inexistent. Okay, ideas. Jonas, your brothel has come, pa. And um, okay, and then this one also, uh, Dr. Baumia showed credit. Okay, I'm trying to go down. Ghanaians, with somebody come of respect, this so-called no Wi-Fi connection for students of Konongo Odumasi Secondary School. So this claim of providing every school with Wi-Fi is uh, a deception. That's Kofi Seidu. In Konongo, since that one. Well, some of your messages um, that you sent in, George has been checking. with uh, uh, okay, I, I- have right. not I been I able to verify right, that yet. I know. So, That's, uh, fine. That's fine. That's I won't
15: go to that space. <laughs> anyway. I know.
6: You'll check later. Later, and I'll come back on great, that. So,
15: industries uh, and the special load and low voltage plan to enjoy more than 4% tax in tariffs from april this year and mtn recourse almost four billion cities in profit after tax for last year we have more on drivers of these earnings in this bulletin the business news on news is brought to you by mtn business welcome to the new world of business kingdom books and stationery syntax and the president herbal and charcoal
0: Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City, or call us 0302 764209, or 762792. Visit our website www.kingdomgh.com.
6: Imagine strutting into the most anticipated wedding of the year. Only to see seven other girls wearing your exact same outfits. Ah! You are
9: special and one of a kind. And that's why whether it's voice, data or SMS, you get to enjoy personalized offers tailored to your specific needs with MTN Just For You. Dial star 141 hash or select your options on the My MTN app to redeem your unique Just For You package on Ghana's best mobile network, MTN.
8: (laughs)
16: you <laughs> Hello, Auntie Araba. Hey, bugger. How are you doing today? I want to buy Pepsodent Cavity Fighter, but I don't have enough manual. So what are you going to do? Can you give me the big size? You know, as for me, I'll pay the balance later. Today, no creditor. I haven't sold much this morning. If you don't have enough money for the big size, why don't you try the 120 gram pack? There's a 120 gram pack. Introducing the new Pepsodent Cavity Fighter in 120 gram pack size. More affordable and convenient. Get yours today from any supermarket near you. Every smile matters. This
15: advert is FDA approved. You're welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, industries and manufacturing firms under the special load and low voltage plan are expected to witness more than 4% reduction, that is, the tariffs from April this year. There is more in
9: this report. The Public Utilities Regulatory Commission in its report for the first quarter showed it will go down by 4.88% for some category of industries and manufacturing firms. The commission has also merged high voltage, medium voltage and steel companies into one class and they will enjoy a reduction of 4.72% in utility tariffs. The commission also added the ban for industries have been reviewed to reward those that are said to be productive in the use of electricity. This might be the first time in a while that industry and manufacturing firms are enjoying some reduction in tariffs. The Public Utilities Regulatory Commission over the past month have also been implementing some measures that has resulted in industry paying a little bit less for power consumed. Some have linked it to plans by the commission to reduce the cost of doing business in the country. And that is a business text report. Let's still stay
15: on this issue because industries say even though they welcome the reduction, they will wait for more. Chonam Akpailu is Greater Accra, Regional Chairman of the Association of Ghana
13: Industries. Reduction is in for the household uh, consumers, which is good because then it frees their disposable income so they can spend more money in, in consuming the, the product we produce. and And also that's really significant for us. But be, whilst we are at it, it's important to mention that we would ask that the, re, the reduction continue and that we want to see more reduction because our goal is to be competitive. We want to compete with countries that sell power in in single digits.
15: Chona Makpelu is Greater Accra Regional Chairman of the Association of uh, Ghana Industries. Now, Chair of the Parliament's Finance Committee is appealing to businesses to tone down on calls for government to abolish some taxes in the 2024 budget. According to him, many of the taxes, are as a result of pressure from external creditors who are requesting to see some commitment from government before accepting any haircuts on their funds. The former Deputy Minister of Finance was speaking to selected journalists at a dialogue organized by the Private Enterprise Foundation on the current tax regime.
5: Some of these taxes being implemented. I'm very confident that under normal circumstances, no government will want you to introduce these taxes. But these are not normal times at all. And my worry for me, my worry is whether some of these taxes that are coming because we are under pressure to demonstrate to our external creditors and to our development partners that, look, we too, we can help ourselves. So we're throwing these tax measures. We don't even know exactly whether the money will come. What we should be thinking about is if the money doesn't come and the creditors are not going to say uh, but you guys you came to us saying that you're making a force you went to impose all these taxes we saw them. but what is the money you said my, me my people they don't like paying taxes so i'm just saying this to make a point that you continue to put your data together hopefully things would normalize
15: and that is chairman of parliament uh, finance committee kweku kwateng now, former Minister of Finance, the Tekpa, is admonishing government to totally abolish the electronic transaction levy since it has failed to meet its target's objective. However, Mr Tekpa believes that the introduction of the digital tax system for collection of domestic revenue by the Ghana Revenue Authority will enhance efficiency whilst increasing revenue.
17: They are making ecology evasion and avoidance. So let's clear them and then give them and then focus on the pillars for the, the tax regime. You know, I tax, digitalization. Why after digitalization? Seven years, we have not been able to introduce a domestic IT system for GRE. When the plan was there, the World Bank funding was there, and everything, an importer whose information is given to his domestic tax office that he's not paying through the team. It will bring him more money, you know, than the levy. They are not bringing him more money former
15: Minister of Finance said Tepe. Now Bank of Ghana has reached a deal with the bulk oil importers to sell more than 20 million dollars to the operators under its auction program. The move is part of efforts to assure these importers that they will have access to 20 million dollars to finance their imports when it comes to oil. These importers have been one of the biggest when it comes to demand for dollars. Meanwhile, the Bank of Ghana has maintained that it will take decisive measures to ensure that things are not get out of hand when it comes to the city's fortunes. But businesses are worried about the impact of this deposition on their fortunes even even though it is consistent with the first quarter performance. Mabidwa Bwaje is chief executive of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce
12: and Industry. To start the year around 12 and now you are putting around 13. If you are doing a huge dollar denominated transaction then you know the impact of it. It looks insignificant, it looks small. If you are doing a transaction that is costing you billions of dollars then it's fixed or has happened. So I I think that we have to do more to to stabilize it. At the rate at which it is moving now, uh, I think we need to quickly move in uh, to to halt it. So we'll call on the central bank using the monetary policy to see how best it can stabilize the currency uh, for business.
15: Mark Bedoua is Chief Executive of the National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Let's get some currency updates. For commercial banks, they are quoting 12 Ghana cities, 77 pesos. When it comes to the transactional rates that they are offering to their retail clients, for the Forex Bureau, they are quoting 13 Ghana cities to a dollar. Now MTN has posted almost 4 billion cities in profit after tax for last year. This was captured in its consolidated account released to the investing public today. The profit posted represents almost 40% jump from what it recorded in 2022. Revenue for last year stood at 13 billion Ghana cities. The result put a total active subscribers at 26.8 million. MTN is also planning to invest more than 4 billion Ghana cities in capital investments for their operations. And it appears that these uh, sterling results didn't impact on MTN. Um, MTN shares on the Ghana stock went down by a to close at one Ghana city 39 pesos on the Ghana Stock Exchange. And that's solar uh, for business on News Night.
6: 13 cities per dollar.
15: Yeah, for the uh, Forex bureaus, that's the number okay. they quoted at the close of work today. Mm. But the banks are doing twelve seventy-seven.
6: Okay. That's interesting. Thank mm. you very much. George Riafe with the latest uh, from the world of business. Mm. Danny Granting is here uh, with sports. What are we doing tonight?
16: Not too happy or not too good news. Where well, Ghana's Black Queen suffered heartbreaking in Dola despite drawing earlier today, ending their hopes for an Olympic Games qualification. Barbara Banda scored a brace in the game to ensure Zambia sealed a 3-3 draw and ensured uh, they qualified on aggregate against Ghana. The Black Queens came into the game on the back of a 1-0 loss at the Akrasport Stadium last Friday, but were confident of turning it around. Ghana led 3-2 until the 95th minute. Where Barbara Banda scored a late free kick after Jennifer Kuju was sent off uh, for a late free kick. So, Ghana are out. Uh, We will not make the 2024 uh, Paris Olympics. It extends our wait to see. A female national team at the Olympics, but they did well.
6: They did very well. I'm super, super proud of the Black Queens, and we know that they will do better once we invest in them Thank much you. more than we are doing. Very important. Uh, okay. All right, then. Thank you. That's a uh, Danny Cranting uh, with the latest uh, from the world of sports and had luck. Well, uh, but I'm liking the activity on our WhatsApp console zero five five we We've been asking the question about uh, Wi Fi and the availability on the various SHS campuses, and we uh, Kokuma Lina sends this one. He says, according to Kofia of Education Watch, his organization conducted a survey on internet Wi-Fi functionality in secondary schools, and out of 150 schools surveyed, 78% of the schools don't have functional Wi-Fi. And um, from Bulgaria, the blind historian sent this one. He says, there is Wi-Fi at Okwas. And also this one says, our politicians today lack vision especially. Okay, and then this one also says, the Wi-Fi we have in our various secondary schools is for administrative purposes and they are not free. Um, That's Tete from New Ningo sends that one. We have one also from Kwame from Oduma Sekrobo says across Senior High Technical School has Wi-Fi which is not functional he says. I see one also from Evelyn um, just coming in and he okay just mentions her name and um, it has no message. But let's uh, focus on health now and the National Health Insurance Authority has admitted that the scheme is being frustrated by acts of accredited hospitals, including failing to stock drugs and exploiting patients under the NHIS scheme. The Joy News has been putting a spotlight on the challenges subscribers of the scheme go through before assessing healthcare. And we'll hear from the spokesperson of the National Health Insurance Authority Barry Masapong shortly. But first, let me take you to the Bono region where subscribers say their hopes in the scheme are waning because they are compelled to pay for almost every service rendered them. I can say most poor people die accidentally because they cannot patronize certain things.
16: Naomi Jia was a subscriber of the NHIS policy before she decided to opt out. She recounts how some hospital administrators in the Pru East district keyed in drugs covered by the scheme only for her to be told to buy the medicine from outside the facility.
6: I experienced something like that. In precisely Yeji, I not mentioned the name of the hospital. They queue in. All right. But uh, the prescription was given to me at the store to go out and buy the drug. So in this way, are you not duping the state. It goes back into individual pockets.
16: This gentleman here who asked to be interviewed on anonymity says the scheme is worse off today as subscribers of the NHIA are made to pay for almost every service provided by the various health facilities.
1: Oh, I think it's getting bad because uh, the last time I visited the hospital, uh, uh, they asked me to even pay for the card uh, they gave me because it was my first time going to the hospital, that hospital. And they asked me to pay for the card, and which I think that one is free always. But I was shocked when they asked me to pay for the card before even seeing the doctor. So I think uh, it's, it's
16: getting worse. Mariam Alassan's kid brother is currently on admission at one of the private hospitals in Tichiman. For three to four days, Mariam has been made to cough out nearly 1,600 cities just to buy medicines for her brother who's currently on admission. In my own
6: experience now, my who says three, four days. For the past four days, I have a brother currently on admission. Insurance and in insurance cannot cover no by lab of even fifteen carnaces. Insurance in so far, four days in your almost six, we've spent almost thousand six hundred cannons. They'll ask <laughs> you to go for medications <laughs> and when <laughs> you get <laughs> to the pharmacy, <laughs> they'll redirect you to the cashier <laughs> and if you don't pay, <laughs> they
16: won't the attend to you. The situation according to Mariam is leading to the death of many, particularly the poor, who cannot afford to pay for quality health care. <laughs>
6: Today, if you go to the it's hospital and you hospital. have no money with you, that means you are it's going back home to again. die. Well, that's um, the situation in the Bono region, as reported by my colleague Anas who who is spokesperson for the National Health Insurance Authority. Barry Masapong has been responding to the issues in the Joy News feature.
17: So, we, are, we expect our providers to respect the rules, just as we respect the rules, and stock the medicines that we pay for. And if they actually do go by the terms of our contract, there, there, there won't be many of these stories that oh, a, a patient comes and we don't have NHS medicines, to the extent that we even create impression as though NHS medicines are any less efficacious. It is it's just not fair. And all these things that we are, we are talking about, what is going down the drain is public funds. Because we are paying 100 to 150 million every month to provide this. I can tell you on authority that most of these providers, about 80% of their internally generated funds come from NHIS. So I I think it's, it's a genuine frustration. And we should not let our people go that frustrated.
6: That's a Barry Masapong, speaks for the National Health Insurance Authority. And meanwhile, the former Director General of the Ghana Health Service, um, uh, Abuadji Da Costa, uh, has been appointed. He's one of the directors um, at the um, Ghana Health Service and he's been appointed yes, as a... the Chief Executive of the National Health Insurance Authority, head of our uh, uh, joining his health desk. First, joins me in studio with more details on what we are learning uh, exactly in terms of him uh, he, moving to the NHI. Uh, yes, until this appointment, he was the Director of Health Promotion at the Ghana Health Service. Mm. Um, uh, Dr. Abuaji da Costa is also chairman of ECOWAS Risk Communication and Community Engagement Network for 15 member states in the ECOWAS region. Also chairman Africa CDC Public Health Risk Communication and as we all know he has a PhD and his research was actually into health insurance management in Ghana. Okay. Uh, the most perfect candidate we've ever put at the National Health Insurance Authority. Thank you very much, Fred Smith. And I'm sure you're wondering if you're going to sleep in darkness tonight and what the power situation is in your area. I've seen some messages on our WhatsApp console on 55 many of you talking about the power situation as you witnessed it last night. We've been hearing from the PURC they're telling us that um, it's due to the unavailability of sufficient fuel to power the plants that will help keep the lights on. Thankfully, the CEO of the Electricity Company of Ghana, Samuel Dubique. Masubi Mahama joins us on the line with what we know and what we are supposed to know going forward when it comes to power supply. What really is happening, Mr. Dubek Mahama?
18: Good evening. Um, I, I can see. Hello, Mr. So, mm-hmm. Yes, hello. Yes, we can there's hear a, you loud and clear. There's a feedback on the line. Is that's it much why. better now, sir? Yes. Yeah, hello. Great,
6: great. We can hear yes, you now. better please now, please yeah.
18: So um, the power situation is very stable at the moment. Uh, what what we are experiencing are a few scattered issues here and there. The issue that the PRC raised about fuel is not this position of, uh, of the current situation that we are seeing on our dashboards. Currently, one of the power plants is down, uh, send power for that matter, and we are working with them to troubleshoot and bring it back up. So we are waiting for them to come back up. But that hasn't affected uh, much of supply within the country. So we are just managing the space now until until it's done.
6: So it's not uh, the case of uh, insufficient or inadequate fuel or debt issues or challenges?
18: At all, at all. I keep saying it, and, and this has led to a whole conversation about do so being back, do so mm-hmm. being back, do so is back. Do so is not back. You understand? The conversation now to be had is about how to make sure that the 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 lines in our localities have the requisite load uh transferred onto other other transformers to make the the grid stable
6: and this send power concerns that you talk about when will it be resolved such that we'll have so stable power
18: it's, it's it's been worked on as we speak and we are all in the our offices waiting for them to finish with the, what the situation is and then they will come back online
6: have they given you any timelines as to when exactly it will be resolved?
18: One thing I have learned from this job is never to give assurances when I can see ahead of the horizon
6: hmm. well so but <laughs> but but really, um the issue is the the areas that will go off and when we will go off and how long we will go off is also the issue about communication, and nobody tells us anything. How come, and what am I supposed to so, do?
18: So you see does what everybody knows is e c g and it's ECG, mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is what ECG does is just, is to distribute the power that is given to ECG. Most of the time, whenever there are these problems, the first point of call that has to manage it is great. So sometimes when these things come at them at a very, very, um, what do you call it? Fast rate. They, they have to, they have to readjust and realign to save themselves. So they, that's so when it happens that way, it's difficult for us to let you know ahead of time. That being said, I'm talking about this in terms of the upstream. That being said, when you come to the downstream, which is controlled by ECG, with most of the overloads, it's it's been handled. So to say that maybe during the day we tried to do an injection here and there, and we thought the load had been managed, then later in the evening we realized that, oh, no, the load has actually increased again or there are complications here and there. What we are just saying is that it's, it's actually, for some reason, been a very, very, very trying time for us. And uh, most of the time, most of the problems that we are having to are uh, having to do with, with certain particular transformers have to do with underground cables. So we, we are just asking for everybody's patience. These are things that do happen. And we are managing the situation. As soon as it's done, we'll let everybody know.
6: And unfortunately, you're not able to tell us how long we have to be patient for.
18: Oh no! For today, I think it's supposed to be. But today, I will know probably in about an hour or two. But um, but uh, when when it comes to the localized faults, ECG has deployed uh, the requisite contractors with the requisite materials. And I keep saying the materials are here. We have what we need to make sure that the lines are intensified. So those are being worked on per locality to locality. So please just be patient with us. And actually, if you are experiencing it, please report it to our offices. So we can actually take care of it for you, please.
6: Mm, and the assurance is that Doomsaw is not back.
18: Doomsaw is not back; okay. it's a thing of the past.
6: Okay, we're grateful, and that's um, Samuel Dubiki Mahama, is the um, managing director of the electricity company of Ghana. Ending tonight's edition of News Night here on Joy 99.